You're now listening to a Word for Deliverance podcast with Pastor Leonard D. Cochran of A Place of Refuge Noonan. A Place of Refuge Noonan is located in the city of Noonan, Georgia. To stay better connected with us for more exclusive information and updates, download our church app, A Place of Refuge Noonan, or visit our church website at apor-noonan.org. Now, let's join in for today's message. 22, and let's start at verse number 4 and read verse number 5. When we conclude reading there, we're going to go to the book of Second Chronicles, the 20th chapter. So we're reading Psalm 22, and then we're going to Second Chronicles, the 20th chapter this morning. Psalm 22, verse 4. David says, our fathers trusted in you. Past tense. Our fathers trusted. Past tense. In you. They trusted and you delivered them. They cried to you and were delivered. They trusted in you and were not ashamed. Look at that. Our fathers trusted in you. They trusted and you delivered them. What's good about that, Pastor? Well, Malachi 3, 6 said, for the Lord changes not. He delivered in the past. He's yet delivering today. Notice verse 5 said, they cried to you and you delivered them. They trusted in you, this is what I love, and were not ashamed. King James Version says confounded. To be confounded is to be disappointed. They cried to you and were delivered. They trusted in you and were not disappointed. Notice Second Chronicles. Let's notice the book of Second Chronicles. Notice Second Chronicles is in the Old Testament. Y'all hang in here. Second Chronicles. After the book of Second Kings, First Chronicles, then Second Chronicles 20. Second Chronicles 20. This is an important word. We need to take our time and make sure that we get knowledge and understanding from the word. Amen. Notice Second Chronicles 20. Second Chronicles 20. If you need to use your table of contents. Uh, throughout the duration of this message, I encourage you to do so if that's what it takes for you to begin to know where certain books are at. But I'd rather you use the table of contents and be right where I'm at than you to be in the wrong book or, or, or something or feeling some type way because you can't find it. No, use your table of contents. And as you begin to to go through your Bible more, study and read, then uh, you're going to find it quicker and better. But but I'll be honest with you, even those of us that read the Bible every day and know the word, there are times that we, we, we may, you know, have a little difficulty finding the book. Amen? So don't ever be ashamed. At least you are trying. You're striving to get there. Second Chronicles 20. Yeah, some of my ministers know that. Sometimes you be like, now I know that book is in there. I know that book. And you be done pad flipped by that book I don't know how many times. Amen? Second Chronicles 20. Notice Second Chronicles 20, let's notice verse 1 through 4. And it happened after this that the people of Moab and the people of Ammon and others with them beside the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. 
Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria. They are in Hazaron, Tamar, which is in Jedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and to proclaim a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Notice verse 14. They came to seek the Lord because they was in a place where they desired help from God and they desired to hear from God. Then God uses a prophet. Notice verse 14. Then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jeel, the son of Mathaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. And he said, listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor be dismayed because of this great multitude for the battle is not yours, but God's come on somebody tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them. Watch this, for the Lord is with you. Notice the Bible talks about in Psalm 22 how if we'll trust the Lord, we won't be disappointed. Here's Jehoshaphat, Judah, and Jerusalem being attacked by enemies that are more powerful than they are. But yet you see when Jehoshaphat was afraid that he put his trust in God, he turned to God. And like it or not, there are times that we go through things that may at the initial start of something strike fear into our hearts. But you always have to allow what you're going through even what's coming against you to drive you to God. Come on, somebody, and never away from God. Let whatever you're going through cause you to seek God. Let it cause you to ask help of God. It's all right that things are bigger than you. It's all right that your enemies may be trying to outsmart you. It may be okay that your enemies are gloating and thinking that they have set you up and that they have the final say. Come on somebody. There's somebody here. Your enemies think they have already won, but the battle is not over. God is not finished. Come on somebody. But you have to make sure in the midst of going through a battle, even when it seems like you're losing or, or you're enemy has an advantage don't let what you are experiencing or seeing cause you not to trust God but let it allow you to seek him the more and to ask help from him and in the end you will not be disappointed and so based upon all that look at somebody and tell him another subject this morning trust God and never be disappointed I told you it was a strong subject. Look at somebody and tell them, trust God and never. Put some emphasis on that never. Say, trust God and never be disappointed.
look at somebody, if you believe this stuff, you tell me, say, if you trust God the way you need to, the way you should, you'll never, you'll never, you'll never be, shout it to him. Give him a hand of praise if you're excited for the subject. You will never be disappointed. I'm gonna have to work with this because somebody said, "Well, Pastor, we gonna it, it just, it, that part of life." No, you better you better listen this morning. You better listen this morning. Now, when it comes to Jehoshaphat again in Second Chronicle twenty and twenty, we see that Jehoshaphat, when he got the news. Of this great multitude that was coming against him. I love that the Bible allowed us to know. That he feared. That it struck fear. In the heart of the king of Judah. The reason I'm happy about it is because there are things that I go through. That it allows me to be honest. With my feelings. Allow me to be honest with my own emotions. See, see, it's good to, to see that at the start of the battle, Jehoshaphat was fearing he was afraid of his enemies. But when he got to seeking God, when he got to asking God for help, we see in the end, most of us that know the story, and some of you that don't, you're going to get it today, that he was victorious in the end. And so it let me know that there are just times in all of our life that you can find yourself going through something and like it or not, it's causing you to be fearful. Come on, somebody. It's causing you to be afraid. Oh, see, some of us, we love pretending to people that, that there's absolutely never a time in our life that we go through anything that strikes fear into our hearts. No, no, no. You don't want to admit it. You are God's minister. You are on God's praise team. You help to usher in the presence of God. How dare you admit to somebody that something has you fearful? But can I be honest this morning? Sometimes we're not able to help people because we won't let them know where we really come from. You want to always make folks think that you trusted God in the thick and in the thin. But, but if you would be honest, come on somebody. This morning, the only reason some of us trust God right now through everything is because he proved himself to us. Come on here. I said he proved himself to us. And so even when things grab our heart right now, we know how to reel in our emotions. I'm teaching to somebody already. You know how to talk to yourself based upon what God has already done. Oh, I got some folks in here. You like your pastor this morning. You got your pastor spirit that you can praise him for what he's already done. You can look back over your past. Come on. And nothing else needs to happen to make you trust him. I know I'm teaching to somebody. You are where you are. Because you can trust him. Am I right about that? Notice Psalm 56. No use in playing with it this morning. Notice Psalm 56. Yeah, you're going to go through some things sometimes 
that's going to catch you by surprise, thank you, off guard. I don't care how much you pray. You won't see everything coming. Come on, somebody. Somebody going through something now. You didn't see that coming. You didn't, you, you didn't see that working out like that. You didn't see the twist. You, you didn't see how low some folk would go. Come on. You knew they were low, but you, you, you didn't see them going that low. Anybody ever got lied on by a knowing liar, but, but you didn't expect the liar to, to dip that, 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 that far. It's a new low for them. And see, never get discouraged with prayer because things happen that you didn't see. God don't show us everything. Come on here, somebody. He don't show us everything. I don't, I know I pray, but there are times that I don't, I, I don't see everything. And then sometimes saints are disappointed that, that I don't see everything, even though I consistently say to y'all, I'm not God and I don't know everything. So pastor don't see, I know pastor know it. I know he see pastor don't know everything. Have you ever prayed before you left the house and knew you prayed and walked out of that door in less than two hours? Something had happened that, that you had no idea. Look at Psalm 56. Come on, we're going to work with it. Psalm, Psalm 56 and verse number three. Notice what David said. It's attributed to David. Psalm 56 and verse number three. David said, whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. Thank you, David, because some of these folk don't want to admit that they get afraid. Thank you, David. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. Lord, whenever I'm fearful, I'm going to trust in you. Whenever something or somebody is trying to get me down, I'm going to trust in you. Let's deal with to be fearful or afraid. Number one, when you look at fear, when you look at being afraid, it is first of all a natural emotion when facing extreme danger. See, sometimes fear is a natural emotion when you are facing extreme danger. So you take somebody that's in a car and all of a sudden, for whatever reason, they lose control of that car. And they start flipping. I'm talking about doing 10, 8, 12 flips, twists and turn across an interstate. See, in that moment, you may not be singing, how great thou art, how great. No, that natural emotion of being afraid may grip you. Come on, somebody. I'm just being honest. It may grip your heart. Now, now, hold on. It should never grip us to the point to where we cussing and saying what we shouldn't say. Come on. Now, something else going on with you. Yeah, you flipping and cussing and now, something, something ain't right. 
See, some folks laughing because you know you, you, you gonna be flipping and, and saying what you shouldn't say. I still believe old school. I believe you can slam your door in the hand without cussing. Number two, it is to be, to be worried that something undesirable will occur or happen. Listen to that. To be fearful, to be afraid is to be worried that something undesirable will take place. See, that's real for somebody. You've been praying about something that, 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 that's about to take place. And fear trying to grip your heart. Trying to cause you to be afraid about something that, that may happen. Something may go wrong. Come on. It, it isn't amazing how sometimes when fear get to working on you, fear will try to get you to see the bad in something and not see the good in it. Am I teaching the word helping anybody that far? Fear will try to get you to see the bad in something. The, the, the very worst scenario. Come on. And, and, and if it ever gets in your heart, then out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. And so you'll go ahead and feel comfortable, be okay with speaking death over yourself. Come on, you're already talking about what, what's, what's going to happen and how you can see the bad in it. But can I tell somebody, you also have to have the ability to turn around and see the good in it or see God in it. Come on, some of you, you see too much negative stuff before you see anything positive. Look at somebody real quick and say, that's a problem. That's a problem. Oh, some of y'all ain't. I said, that's a problem. Tell two more folk, that's a problem. That's a problem. What, why am I saying it's a problem? That's a problem for a child of God. When you immediately see bad in everything, that's not good. That's not good. Because you will never get a moment's peace when you're facing something. And you're automatically thinking that bad is going to happen. Some of us had folk to call us and tell us that certain things was going on. And they couldn't talk, but, but they'll call us back. Just be in prayer. Some of us were praying as far as words, but in our heart, we was imagining the worst. Come on, even to the point to where our prayer, and I know some of you ain't going to like this, really wasn't any good. Because we were being dominated by negative thoughts. L listen to me. And even though you had been taught, you could have cast down those thoughts. And begin to send the word of God into that situation. You could have easily have spoken life. But when fear comes, it often again will try to cause us to see the undesirable in something. And see, the reason I'm having to just slow down and teach like this is because somebody's in a battle this morning, but, but you're seeing the undesirable thing happening rather than you seeing that God is going to make it work. Come on, somebody, for your good. 
He got your back in this. Come on. I said, God has you in this. And then finally, you have to understand that fear is a spirit. When you look biblically, fear is a spirit. Anybody remember what 2 Timothy 1 and 7 said? For God has not given us the spirit of what? Fear. And see, anytime fear is attacking, you have to recognize about it that this did not come from God. This didn't come from God. Even even 1 John 4 and 18 tells us that perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. Now we know God to be love, but when he speaks in that verse about perfect love, you also have to represent, you also have to understand that it represents when we love God, our love is proven by our obedience. And so in other words, when I'm obedient to God, fear will be cast out. Come on, I said fear will be cast out when I'm obedient to God. Did you hear that? Anytime you're going through something and fear is trying to grab your mind, it's trying to grab your heart, all you have to do is be obedient to God and fear has to go. I said fear got to go. And see, when you're obedient, that means whatever God tells you to do within that moment where fear is attacking your mind, you have to be obedient. If he tells you to get out your Bible on your lunch break and read a particular scripture, you should never be ashamed to get out your Bible and read the scripture. Come on, somebody. That the Holy Ghost put in your being. To encourage you so you don't spend the next eight hours on that job looking sad and down. I know I'm talking right this morning. You say, well, Pastor, I don't, I don't feel comfortable pulling out my Bible. Where they pulling out their magazines, they reading their newspapers. Am I right about it? They looking at their hunting magazine. They looking at their sporting. See. I didn't get that many amens on that. Let me tell you, I regularly. When I worked a natural job, a man's job, I made sure working around all those demons that I continued to read the word of God. I made sure things were always attacking me on my job. And so on my break, I just didn't eat natural food. Come on, somebody. I had to eat spiritual food. I had to get the word in me. Why? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. See, some of you waiting to live on Sunday morning. No, you got to get that Bible out yourself. And once you've really been taught, you can feed yourself. How many of God has ever gave you a word to deal with fear? How many of you ever gave you a word to deal with worrying? And when you got that word embedded in you, when it became a part of your being, You stop thinking about the undesirable. You stop thinking about the bad that could happen. And you start knowing that good eventually is coming out of it. And even if bad do surface, God is able to deal with the bad that may surface. But I'm going to concentrate on God. Come on. And I'm going to let God empower me. Watch this for whatever the outcome may be. I'm going to let him strengthen me for whatever it is that I got to deal with. Because as children of God, you won't always get an initial good report. But how many know God will strengthen you when you trust him to deal with whatever comes 
your way. Am I right about it? I want to, I want, I want to encourage somebody. He'll strengthen you to the point to where you don't have to call your prayer partner to feel better. Come on. You don't have to tell nobody your business in order to feel better. Come on, God will strengthen you and you'll be around folks all day without them even detecting what you're going through. And I'm talking about people close to you, living in the same house with you, and you ain't even share something with them because you know all is well. And you ain't going to tell them until God said, go ahead and tell them. I'm teaching right up in here because some of us can't feel better until we talk to certain people. That shouldn't be as you mature in God. You have to be able to get in that word, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you, allow the Holy Spirit to give you whatever it is you need to do. Matter of fact, you need your own oil. You need all that's been prayed over, all that's been consecrated. So if you have to, you can anoint yourself. Am I teaching right? I said you can anoint yourself. And see, the reason some of us stay so down from week to week is because you don't do the things that I just mentioned. Your mindset is always waiting till Sunday. Well, see, that's how you, by the time you get here on Sunday, you're really not prepared to receive. You've been so beat down. Come on, oh Lord, somebody don't want to hear that. I want to mention three things that fear wants to do. You have to understand this. And see, then once you are taught, hold yourself accountable for the teaching that you receive. Did you, te- did, did you hear me? Hold yourself what? Accountable for the teaching that you what? Receive. That means there are going to be times in your life that you don't handle something the way you need to. Hold yourself accountable. Don't, don't look for somebody that you can look to and say, well, if she'd have been in it, she'd have did the same thing. Yeah, but she, 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 she's way less mature than you. No, hold yourself accountable. When you let something beat you down for half a day. Don't just be like, well, one the whole day. Normally be two weeks. No, hold yourself accountable. Say, this, should, this shouldn't have. This shouldn't have lasted this long. This feeling. Shouldn't have stayed with me this long. How many know I'm right about that? Because when you don't hold yourself accountable, you really won't see your growth. Number one, fear wants, y'all listening, to control you. Or fear wants to control us. Remember what I said earlier, perfect love or obedience to God casts out fear. See, the opposite is allowing fear to control you to the point to where God gives instructions, but you don't obey them because of fear. You don't do what God telling you to do because fear is, is controlling you. You're allowing fear to make your decisions. And see, that, 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 that can't be for a child of God. Why? You have to be able to obey God. You have to be able to do what God is telling you to do in the moment in which he is telling you to do it. Go pray. You got to be able to cut the television off. Come on. I didn't say figure out how to record the rest. Cut it off. When he says get in prayer. Come on. 
Well, let me see, can I recall at this first? Let, 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 let me see, can I, so I can go back later. What's more important, getting free or finishing that episode? Number two, fear wants to defeat us. Fear wants to defeat you. God done ordained victory, but fear wants to hang around long enough to defeat you. Long enough. Fear wants to hang around long enough so that you miss the deadline to apply for the job. Because you kept going back and forth with yourself. By the time you show any interest, the person tells you, well, we, 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 we were hoping you would, would want it, but, but, but you never showed, showed interest. Come on. See, I don't want fear to defeat me. I, I don't want God to be done set something up for me. And because I'm going back and forth about what the payments might be, that I never go pursue the thing that he put in me that is your time to get this. And then by the time I go, it's gone. And so to make myself feel better, I say, well, if it were meant to be, it would have stayed. No, no, fear defeated me because I didn't get up and move. Come on, somebody, when God told me to move. Fear can defeat you. How many know that's real? Some of you should have been saying amen because you, you, you know over these years we, we've been defeated by fear. Fear has knocked some of us out. Using that boxing analogy has knocked you out cold. You didn't get an eight count. You were out. Right? Then finally, fear wants to transform us. For the worse. See, fear wants you to go from a person who trusts God to a person who, who distrusts God. Did y'all get that? Fear wants to transform us for the worse. I'm a person who gives God the glory, the honor, the praise, no matter what. But if fear has its way, it's going to change me. And then I'm going to become like some of the people I see at church who refuse to praise God throughout an entire service. Can I be honest with you? It's some of y'all, I don't want to be nothing like you. I don't, I don't want to be nothing. I don't ever want to come in God's house, not clap my hands, not give him a hallelujah, not be thankful for what he has done for me. No, no, no. Get mad all you want. I don't want to be like some of y'all. No, you are, you cold as ice. Matter of fact, you dead. You, you, de you, you in a house that's alive. You, you setting up in an anointed house and you done died in an anointed house. All this praising and you just sitting there acting important. But when you get sick again, you go call on the one. Come on here, somebody. 
Where my real praises at? Where my full-time praises at? Are y'all in the house? Or have you died? Go ahead and give him a 30-second praise. Let the dead look at you. Let the dead see you turn in victory. Let the dead hear you shout hallelujah. If it had not been for the Lord. I got a testimony. I got a testimony. I'm still on fire. I'm still on fire for God. Everybody ain't got that testimony. Some folk done cooled off. Be seated. But I'm still on fire for God. If anybody run into me that saw me when I first got saved, you know what they'll say about me? He's still on fire. Some of you don't have that testimony. See how excited I got right then? Because I'm watching so many folk sit in the church and die. And it's important for people like me to stay on fire. Come on. Trial after trial, trouble here, trouble there, but he's still on fire. And see, folks will look at you when you don't know they're looking at you. She's still giving God. That girl's still kicking off her shoes in the middle of prayer dancing and turning and going on she's still running around the church y'all i tell you folk that were known for running around church ain't ran around the church in years look at psalm 13 look at psalm 13 real quick notice psalm 13 Notice Psalms 13. Psalm 13, verse 5. Y'all got it? Psalm 13, 5. But I have trusted, past tense again, in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. Look at that. But I've trusted in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice. Look at here. In your salvation. I will sing to the Lord. Oh, I love this. Who has dealt bountifully with me. See, one thing the psalmist knew as a result of trusting God and experiencing the mercy of God. Notice what he says in the end. He said, because he or the Lord has dealt bountifully with me. In other words, God has been good to me. God has been good to me. I said, God has been good to me. God has been good to me. Listen, not as a result. Of him having favoritism. But he been good to me as a result of me putting my trust in him. 
See, see, there's no need to get jealous of somebody because you looking at how good God been to them. See, what you need to recognize is, is, is God been good to her because she trusted. And if I will trust, if I would, if I would make up my mind to trust him like that, he'll do the same for me. Come on. God didn't favor the Hebrew boy. But when they trusted him, despite looking at a furnace, God said, I got to move for these boys. I got to move for these boys. I got to do something ain't ever been done. I got to allow them to be put in fire without being burned and without smelling like smoke. Y'all missed that. See, when you trust God, God will do something for you that folks ain't ever seen before. See, whenever you trust God, don't, don't think your process, your outcome is going to be like that of a person who don't trust God. Did y'all get that? Did y'all get it? Because that, that was important. Let's read it again. <clears throat> but I've trusted in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your what? Salvation. My heart shall do what? My heart shall do what? See, there's no way you trust in God and you won't praise him. Who you fooling? There's no way you trust in God and you won't praise him. Then he said, I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Or in other words, again, he has been good to me. God has been good to me. And see, as you go from battle to battle, you have to know God has been good to you. Never let anything or anyone cause you to question his goodness, listen, in reference to your life. See, David making this personal. He said, for he has dealt bountifully, notice it, with me. With me. With me. I know how good God has been to me. Because God has made me a leader of over his people. I also know how good God has been to his people. Come on. And see, that's the reason throughout some of my messages, I may give some of you a look every now and then. Because I know how good God has been to you. I may know that you're currently going through something, but if I don't see you praising him the way I know you should be praised, then I'm wondering because I know how good he's been to you. I know I y'all hear me say it all the time, but I know, I know how good God has been to me. Or am I the only one in church that's battle tested? See, I'm battle tested. I ain't nobody up here talking and folk can look at me and say, well, he ain't been through no battle yet. Let him go through something. No, y'all know I've been through plenty of battles, but I'm still up here telling y'all that he has been good to me. I probably need to rephrase that. Did you hear? I'm going through battles now, but I know. 
God been good to me. You can't convince me that he ain't been good. David said he has dealt bountifully with me. He's given me victory in front of my enemies. Look again at Psalm 56. You say, Pastor, we backtracking. I know it. Come on. Trust your pastor. Come on. Come on. You say, Pastor, you, sure, you, you were really stressing that. I have to stress it because if you don't realize that God been good to you, I'm telling you, you'll be in a battle confused. Confused. Because you, because you don't recognize how good he's been to you. Notice again Psalm 56. We read it earlier. Notice Psalm 56 and verse number 3. David said, whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. See, we need this testimony. We need to leave with this testimony whenever I am afraid. I will trust in the Lord. Why is it important? Notice Second Chronicles. Because Jehoshaphat, in Second Chronicles 20, finds himself in what could be described as a tough predicament. Yes, he does. Remember what David said? Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in God or the Lord. This is, this, this is what we have to learn to do. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in my money. Whenever I'm afraid, let me see how much I got in the bank. Whenever I am afraid, let me see how many folk I can get on my side. No. David said, whenever I am afraid, I will trust in the Lord. And whatever I do from that point, I will do because that's what he's telling me to do. What I don't do, I don't do it because he's telling me, don't do it. Come on here, somebody. And so when you get to Second Chronicles, when we get to Second Chronicles 20, notice that Jehoshaphat, according to verse 2, is fearful. Y'all hang in here. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, a great multitude. Is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria. They are in Hezaron Tamar, which is in Jeddah. And Jehoshaphat feared. Jehoshaphat feared. He was made afraid. When the king of Judah received this news of such a mighty army, combining or gathering forces against him, he feared. Listen, 
historically, when you read about some of these nations that oppose God, people, in times of war, they were often very cruel. You know, anytime you look at war, war, war is a is an act of cruelty. Y'all ain't hear me. And so Jehoshaphat knew that these particular people who were coming against him, these folk were known for capturing people and just punishing them, tormenting them, and just doing some, some real hideous things. And so when he got the news that they was coming, I'm trying to make it plain, his heart. He feared. He feared. When he heard what was going on, fear struck his heart. But it's what he decided to do next is what would ultimately determine whether fear would control him, whether fear would defeat him. Come on, are you listening? Because sometimes, again, we will hear of things. We will go through things. And fear will hit your heart. But we won't do the thing we need to do to make sure that fear doesn't control me. Yeah, I'm going through this, but I just want to continue to be a person who just continue doing whatever God would have for him to do. I don't want this fear that has showed up. I don't want this news that I have received to cause me to begin to act differently. Come on, because like it or not, sometimes y'all don't know it. There are pastors that be going through stuff and, and dependent on the battle that they're going through and whether or not they're winning that battle, the, the way in which they preach about God changes or shifts based upon what they're going through. But I don't ever want to allow nothing that I go through to cause me to come before God's people and not preach the word the way that it needs to be preached. Not to glorify God the way I need to glorify him. And even if me and you have a talk, I want to be so confident about the God that I serve that I can look you in your eyes and tell you, if you trust God, it's going to work out. Come on, somebody. I said, and see, when you trust in God the way you need to, when a bona fide man or woman of God looks at you and says to you, if you will trust God, it will surely work out for you. That should cause your heart to get happy. That should cause, come on somebody, a song to begin to register on the inside of you. Pastor, do you mind if I sing in your office? Do you mind if I sing on my way out of the office? Because what you have told me has made my heart glad. But I've looked at people in here concerning things that they were going through. And I said, if you'll trust God, it will work out. And they left sadly Put in no trust in God. Trying to defeat their enemies by acting like their enemy. 
See, there are some battles you're going to go through with people that God, the one thing God going to tell you, one thing I desire for you not to do is to get down on their level and do the things that they're doing. Come on. I know I'm teaching right. I'm, I'm in the clothes. But see, if you don't trust God the way you need to, you won't only get down on your enemy's level, but for the sake of getting victory, you think you'll go lower than your enemy. But tell your neighbor, whenever fear shows up, God has his eyes on us. Look at somebody else say, whenever fear shows up, pastor can't see you. But tell him, God got his eye on you. See, right there in that doctor's office, when that doctor tells you what he tells you, God has his eye on you. When a person tells you you will never have a particular thing that God has told you it's your season, he has his eye on you. I never forget years ago a person looked at me right in my eyes and in reference to my situation, they said, your only way out. Is bankruptcy. I'm told this story before. They said if you don't do bank, this is your only way out. And listen, I didn't have no trouble. I didn't have no problem filing bankruptcy if that's what God wanted me to do. Bankruptcy is legal. If you do it right, I didn't have no problem doing it. My only thing was I only want to do it if God is saying that's what I need to do. I don't want to do it because I think I've figured out my own solution. And see, even when they told me, Brother Dan, I heard the Lord speak to me and say, you don't have to go that route if you'll trust me. Come on. You know the end story of that was, I never found bankruptcy. What folk were threatening to take, I never lost. Y'all don't hear me? I paid it off. I paid it in full before it was all said and done. I owned it. But what do you do when fear shows up? Starbucks wasn't designed to defeat fear. Fear working on you and you think, uh, 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 I can't even think of the name of it. Yeah, what? That Bolte Latte or Kuma Latte or whoever. Medicine ball, whatever. See, we laughing, but the reason it's funny to some people is because we got these little things we do. That we think that's what calms us. No, but Jehoshaphat, notice what the Bible said he did. I'm teaching it for a reason. Remember I said earlier it was such a bold uh, title. Jeho Jehoshaphat set himself to seek the Lord. Proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered together to ask help. From the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came. Notice why they came. To seek the Lord. Ooh, we have got to seek 
God. We have got to ask God for help. For help. Not a day at the spa. We have got to ask God for some help. Because see, there are things you can do that will give you a, a, a little moments of, of relaxation. Come on, your little spa day, and you feeling much better, this, that, no. But if you didn't deal with that fear, I know I'm speaking right. That fear going to jump right back on you. And most of the time, when we're disobedient and try to do our own thing, not only does fear attack us again, but most of the time, it'll put us in a lower place. Now you're worrying more than you was before spa day. I know I'm right about it. But he said himself to seek the Lord. Note in verse 14. Then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of Mathaniah, Levi, the sons of Asaph, in the midst, watched it, of the assembly. And he said to them, notice, when Jehoshaphat and Judah and Jerusalem set themselves to seek God, God spoke. God spoke through a prophet. Do you hear me? He spoke through a prophet. He was letting Jehoshaphat, Judah, and Jerusalem know, I see what's happening to y'all. I see what your enemies are planning. Woo, look at somebody say, God know your schedule this week. He knew what they was doing. God knew what they were doing. Come on. And then God spoke through a prophet. This is what the prophet said. Listen, all you Judah. I'm in verse 15, and I'm in the close. You inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord. Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours. But whose? God's. Notice that God spoke through a prophet. God put their answer in his prophet. Just like in reference to what you're going through, God has put the answer in his prophet. So you don't have to continue worrying, thinking about that bad outcome. He's put a word in the prophet. That's going to open your eyes so you will see the good in the battle that you're in. Did you just hear me? Some of you are going to immediately start seeing the good in your battle. Some of you, as the day prolongs, you're going to start feeling good about the battle that you're in. And the more you seek him, the more you praise him, the more he's going to give you insight about your victory, how good it's going to be. Because weeping may endure for a night, but joy... Tell your neighbor, shake yourself so that you don't let night ruin your morning. They going through a night season. But God put a word in a prophet and told them this battle is not yours. 
Jehoshaphat, let them know you don't have to fight in this battle. Stand still. Listen, that means don't be anxious. Don't get in yourself. Lord, what is it about this battle? I'm going to fight this battle for you. I'm telling you, God is showing up right now. He's showing up right now. Letting somebody know if he tarries in the days to come, in the weeks to come, he's saying to you, sister, I'm fighting this battle for you. I done dropped the rhema. God said, I'm going to win this one for you. I'm going to take over this. I'm going to fight this battle for you. Listen to me. A prophet. But then notice in verse 20. That's what the prophet had said. But then in verse 20. Remember, he gave them the instruction, told them how to do. So they arose early in the morning. Went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, you inhabitants of Jerusalem. See, now they're on the verge of battle. See, sometimes you'll feel good. God will give you a word and you'll be excited. You'll know, hey, I can trust God. But the more that day of show enough battle approaches, listen, this good teacher, fear sometimes tries to creep back in. Remember, they already got the word, this is important, from the prophet. They got the word from the prophet. Remember Jehaziel? He gave them the word. But now Jehoshaphat comes back basically reminding Judah and Jerusalem of the word that had been given. In other words, don't allow fear to creep back in. And notice that the prophet that gave the word is not speaking anymore. See, sometimes you got to know, Pastor spoke my word on Sunday. So if I don't hear from him again about this, I'll send him a message or I'll let him know that all is well. I'll let him know I got the victory out. Let him know that I'm already healed. I'll all... What he says, I'm closing. This is important. So he rose early in the morning, went out to the wilderness of court, and as they went out, Joseph stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, you inhabitants of Jew. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing and who should praise the beauty of holiness. And as they went out before the army, saying, praise the Lord for his mercies and do it forever. Verse 22. Now, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord sent ambushment against the people of Oman, Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah. And they were what? They were what? They were what? Tell your neighbor, trust God and never be disappointed. Listen to me. Because Jehoshaphat 
Judah and Jerusalem put their trust in God, they were not disappointed. Listen to me, somebody. When the day of battle came, when they looked toward their enemy's camp, they saw a strange thing. They didn't see the enemy sharpening his bows. They didn't see the enemy lining up his chariots. I'm trying to talk to somebody. They saw the enemies dead. God made their enemies turn on each other. Come on, somebody. See, see, see I done lost some of you now. But when they went down to what should have been the battlefield, instead of fighting, the only thing they had to do was pick up jewelry and precious things off of the bodies of their enemies. Bible said it was so much that they spent three days when the last time you spent three days just counting money? Three days just going over numbers. All of this because they trusted God. Am I saying you going to a valley and you going to pick up jury and this, that, and other? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe he has another way he's going to do something. But you won't be disappointed. Listen, in your battle. Out of your battle is coming a blessing. You will never be disappointed. Listen to me. If you trust God. Do you hear me? So that means as long as me. Let me let me just do it for myself. The way some of y'all looking at me. It's like I got to that point. Some of you stop believing. Not all. But if I'll trust God. Do what he tells me to do. Be obedient. I'll never be disappointed. No matter how many battles I go through from this day forward, that battle won't end in disappointment, defeat, or failure. He'll always make every battle work for me. And good will come out of every battle that he allows to come my way. That's when I knew it was such a strong text. Trust God and never be disappointed. Whenever we as children of the Most High God enter into disappointment, it's because in some way or another, we've stopped trusting God. We've got into self or we're depending on man too much. But tell your neighbor, if you'll trust God the way you need to, you will never be disappointed and tell you neighbor that ain't just Pastor Cochran that's the word how many believe it no matter what you got to face this afternoon the Lord should tear it tomorrow Tuesday or what have you if you'll trust God you will never be disappointed and whatever battle you're going through right now if you'll obey him do what he's telling you to do out of that battle and see I, I, I'm like this I don't just go to different books just to go. 
So sometimes y'all be like, well, pastor get so happy about that scripture. Because that's what God allowed me to minister on. See, see, it ain't up to me. And the only reason some of you don't get as excited is because in your mind is, well, pastor just chose that scripture for this, this, and this reason. No, God chose that scripture. God chose that. And so what that means is that same glorious victory that Jehoshaphat and them had, just because they trust in him, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a glorious victory just like that. That how when I read it in the sanctuary and some of y'all ears were like, oh, man, did that really happen? Listen to me. That's how that's what folk going to be saying about some of us. When they hear the outcome, they go, man, are you serious? Are you? What? That's how they going to be. See, because what God did back then, he's still doing today. Amen. Y'all receive? All right, I'm done. Let's give him a praise. Let's give him a praise. We pray that you are blessed by today's message. Be sure to listen and share other messages available through our podcast outreach. We thank you for all of your past, present, and future support for our ministry. And remember, Jesus is a refuge.